Hey guys, what's up? Chappie here. Chaps Fantasy Chat with Chappie, brought to you by, I love saying this part, Dr. Roto, drroto.com. Uh, get out there and get your daily prescription of fantasy sports at Dr. Roto. Uh, really an up, up and coming group, and I'm proud to be a part of it. So thank you, Doc, and um, enjoy a bunch of great content coming up on this channel. So, you know, it's this has been an awesome week for fantasy baseball. Well, not for fa just for baseball in general, because you know uh, it, the All Star Game is such a um, it, it, it's such an interesting display. It's the it's the best display of true talent of any of the All Star games. And you know, if, if you need any proof to that, all you have to do is look at the ratings. And when you when you look at what the ratings um, were for the weekend, uh, so. 8.9 million people watched from 9 to 9.15, which outdrew the NBA All-Star Game, which fi had 5.94 million, and the Pro Bowl, which had 7.98 million. So that tells me, and that's not even counting about, um, you know, the the Futures Game and the Home Run Derby and all that stuff. The Home Run Derby, I have to think, is it had it gets the most views of anything. It's I said it last week. It is the coolest event of any of the All-Star sports. Um, so, you know, it, really great weekend for baseball. Really like seeing all the, you know, um, the camaraderie from the Latin American players. I, I was a little disappointed in um, – I was a little disappointed that, you know, sh the teams didn't come up and kind of um, – or the players didn't come up and, and, and get behind Shohei a little bit there. I mean, I understand why they didn't. You know, it's kind of one of those things where um, – He's kind of like the Duke, right? He's kind of like the number one seed. Everybody's trying to knock him off. Um, don't want to talk too much about the All-Star game, other than really cool the way they set it up. I, I, I tell you, I talked a little bit about it last week, and I went to the to the home run derby back in 1994, Old Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh. And I went back just kind of playing wax and nostalgic a couple weeks back and looked at that the highlights of that, and it, and it was so cool. Frank Thomas hit a ball. I, I swear, it, it went up to the top deck at Three Rivers, and that was just a moonshot. I remember that um, you know, like it was yesterday. But it, I really like the way it's set up now where they see these guys. They have a time limit. It really sets up for really exciting competition, and I think it showcases the sport very, very well. Um, I, I, this is the last year I won't put the smart money on Pete Alonzo. He was so cool watching him do that uh, out there, just dancing and having a good time with, you know, dancing to the music and just, man, what an entertainer. Really enjoyed seeing that. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, just the whole weekend in general was great. Um, I really enjoyed the prospects game and, and of course, the all-star game. Um, what I can't think of a sport that has the collection of young talent that baseball has right now. Unfortunately, probably the best of that young talent has been lost for the year. Bad news right before the All-Star break, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Done for the season. And that's a big blow, not only to Atlanta, which they're directly in the seller's market now, in my opinion. Um, but also for the the sport, because, you know, here you have a guy, he's enigmatic, 
He's exciting. He's, um, you know, one of these guys that people want to see. You know, I I, I went to um, Cincinnati a couple weeks back to see Fernando Tatis. To see Fernando Tatis, a 46-year-old man. These the Acuna's that type of player that people go just to see him. And you know what happens when you go see him? Tatis hit a homer. He did his little dance coming around third. That's the type of thing you pay good money for. And I think the great ones know that on a night-in-and-night-out basis, <clears> that <throat> they're expected to be that. You know, I think it was I think it was Joe DiMaggio or Willie Mantle, one of the greats, um, old timers, said, you know, why do you put in such, someone asked him, why why do you dress every day or something like that? And he said, you know, I dress every day because I don't want to disappoint somewhere out there. There's a six year old kid out there in his first major league ball game. And I don't want to let that kid down by not playing that day. And I feel like these kids now. Get it. Get it. Tatis gets it. Soto gets it. Guerrero gets it. Acuna gets it. It breaks his heart not being there. But someone will step up for Acuna, and he'll be back. I'm not that worried about him. It's just really unfortunate. And what it does, it puts the Braves in sellers mode. Okay? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces there for the Braves to be in sellers mode. Sure, they're going to keep Acuna, and they're going to keep Albies, Freeman, Ian Anderson, Swanson, most of those guys are probably going to be kept. They're probably going to keep Riley. But even outside of that, you look at some of those guys. Left over, Smiley, Freed, Morton, Enciarte, Arcia, Will Smith, Minner, Luke Jackson. There's a ton of talent there for them to really take It's a shame. It's a shame because... They're set up for a really strong second half run. But you don't replace a guy like Acuna. And I, I look for them to, to be realistic and understand that. Tonight we're going to talk about the sticky substance and how it's going to affect our pitchers. I like to call it Josh Donaldson's catalog because we've never seen it yet. But I'm making my own, and I'm using stats to back it up. But before we get that, I do want to talk about real quickly what we're about to see in this second half of the Major League season. And I'm specifically talking about all of these prospects that are getting ready to come up. I'm going to spend a little bit of time every week and talk about two to four Impact rookies to keep an eye on. That's the target that can help you in your fantasy league. So those of you that have listened to me for a while know that I've been talking about Jaron Duran for quite a bit. We got the call. He's supposed to make his debut tonight. I was really excited. wanted to have him on the television here behind me as I spoke about him. This is an impact player for the Red Sox immediately. Um, I look for him to play center field pretty much every day for the Sox. I look for him to, you know, top out this year. I think you can see double-digit homers. I think you can see close to 20 stolen bases from him this year. That's an impact profile 
for your fantasy team. Think about him being in that offense, especially if he does stay at the top, earn the top spot in that lineup. The runs that he will score really are appealing. That offense is really potent if you think about who's behind him from Devers to JD to Bogarts um, on down the line. There's certainly a lot of potential for him to score a ton of runs. This is a guy, if you're in a shallow league, if you're in a league that, you know, um, maybe they don't keep up the, the closest up to date on the hot prospects and all that stuff. Go out and make sure he's taken. If he's not, if he's on your waiver wire, cut your worst outfielder and put this guy in because he's going to be a big impact to the second half of the season. Another guy I think can help, prospect coming up that I think can help this year, and he showed this in the prospects game. The Washington Nationals, Cade Savale. The Nationals are starting to heat up. They're notoriously known to be a second-half team. I think Savali's insurance policy for for Steven Strasburg. If Strasburg doesn't come back healthy, you could be leaning on a K. Cavalli quite heavily in this final run. Now, he's not going to go deep into games, but his stuff is playable. He's a four-pitch pitcher. Featuring a triple-digit fastball and a wipeout slider. He's averaging 13.7 Ks per nine at double-A, in spite of being about two years younger than the competition. His stuff doesn't play like a rookie. His stuff plays like a veteran. Stuff-wise, is as good as anybody in the big leagues. It's just a matter, a, man, a matter of pitch sweet sequencing. He's like a sponge, a super student of the game that just wants information. That's from uh, management. We'll just say that. Those are the things you want to hear. He's good enough to pitch in the big leagues right now. He needs to work on pitch sequencing, not location. Not command, sequencing. Ketchels will do that for you in the big leagues. I look for him to be sitting right behind Patrick Corbin as soon as next week. Now, it's a big jump, but you can do that when you have talent like Savali. Speaking of talent, Shane Bass, the final dagger in the Chris Archer trade, looks like he is right around the corner to making his big league debut. So if you're keeping track, Chris Archer for Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and now Shane Bass. How do you say bad trade? I digress. Shane Bass, triple-digit fastball, first-round pick, 13th overall. Uh, Really just was kind of lost 
in the numbers in Tampa Bay. The Glassnell injury opens things up for him. But he's earned it. Uh, he He's one of these kids that is, is poised enough to stay in the rotation. I don't know if they'll keep him in the rotation, but he'll eventually be there. He's already got more talent than over half of that rotation. And he's still in refinement. Baz is going to be a big factor in a playoff team's run, whether it's as a starter, an influencer, a full, a, you know, a, a, an actual st- real pitcher, a starting pitcher, or a relief guy. Whatever the situation that Shane Baz is in in the second half of the season, it's going to be influential. I think it's as a starter. Because here's the thing, and I think it's important to talk about this. We are already at a point with every major league pitcher having pitched more, generally, having pitched more than they pitched all of last season. To think injuries aren't going to continue to be a thing, especially for pitching, is foolish. So that's why, in particular, when I'm looking at these prospects, I want to see who my pitchers are that I can look at. Because they're going to be – organizations are going to have to go deeper with the rotations to keep their pitchers healthy for the stretch run. A guy like Shane Bass can be a big impact to your fantasy team. And you can get him cheap if you're just a week ahead. The last guy I want to talk to, talk about. And then we'll get into our cheater thing. Josh Donaldson's catalog. I love it. Copyright Chappie's Fantasy Chat 2021. <laughs> I want to talk about O'Neill Cruz. Since up away, he's 22 years old. Pirates aren't known for rushing up their prospects. But this one I'm predicating off of something that we all know is going to happen. Adam Frazier is going to get traded. It's going to happen. It should happen. It needs to happen. The reason why Adam Frazier needs to get traded is because of O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz... Let's be honest, he's probably a shortstop in this in this Pirates offense. I don't think Kevin Newman is going to stay at shortstop. O'Neill Cruz has a strong arm. He's a power hitter. Again, he's playing as a 22-year-old at double-A Altoona, the curve. And he's hit 289. Nine homers, 10 stolen bases. In just 43 games. So, again, double A is a pretty good barometer for these young players. Usually players like Cruz, not for the Pirates. They've been a bit different traditionally. This is a different Pirate organization in that this new ownership. Uh, Ben Sherrington is a competent GM. I'll leave it at that. Um Cruz has 22 extra base hits 
in those 43 games. You're talking about an impact bat, and, and let's be totally honest, you're looking at Cabrian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz on the left side of the infield for the Pirates, and I'm all right with that. You got to see this kid come up and play this year to see where you need to work on him for next year. Cruz is a stash guy for me, totally. Okay, that's why we're all here. Set this up last week. I'm going to keep doing it because I love to collect data. Here's the premise. Statistics are great. We have a point in time where we know that a change happened for the entire league. June 21st. MLB announced they're cracking down on sticky substances for the pitchers. They started, I love the way they've done it. They inspect the pitchers coming off of the field to make sure their gloves, their belt line, and their hats don't have sticky substance on it. Sticky substance on it. It stops the cheating. It And we can debate whether it's cheating or not. I don't, whatever. It's uniform rules that we're all having to use. Well, it's kind of cool because there's going to come a time at the point, a point in time in this season where these players are going to have these players are going to have even numbers, even amount of innings before sticky sticky substance and after sticky substance, and you're going to be able to see who was using it, who wasn't. I call this segment Josh Donaldson's catalog. Hey. Hey, you, you're cheating. <laughs> Last week, we talked about Garrett Cole. We talked about Joe Musgrove, and we talked about Lucas Giolito. All Donaldson certified cheaters. The non-cheater side, the guys that we said, Donaldson said, hey, you're good. DeSclafini, Lynn, and Robbie Ray. Let's talk about some more guys. Quickly, though. First guy, I'm not ashamed to cherry pick. Luis Castillo is firmly not cheating. <laughs> this is an easy one. Before June 21st, he was 2-10, a 5-6-1 ERA, 74 to 33K to walk rate, and a 275 batting average against. The Reds were 3-12 in those games. Now, some other things have happened, right? He's got more confidence in his delivery. He's got more confidence. I say it all the time. These Dominican players, they have a hard time in cold weather. Since June 21st, Luis Castillo is 1-0, a 1.75 ERA, a 22-12 K to walk rate, and a 187 batting average against. Almost 104 point, 104 points better. <clears throat> yes, this is cherry picking. But the point of this exercise is targeting people who can help you in the second half. People you could be confident in not being affected by spider attack, not being on their gloves. How about Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns 
boy, he's been great all the way around. Three and four with a two six two ERA before June twenty first. A hundred and eight to twelve K to walk rate, and a two oh five BAA betting average against. After that, still pretty good. One and oh, well, one his ERA actually dropped from two six two to one four two. Again, small sample size. 20 Ks to three walks. BAA has actually gone down from 205 to 188. Corbin Burns passes the sniff test. He is not cheating. How about Cole Irvin? The athletic starting pitcher. Before before June 21st, 4 and 7 with a 389 ERA, 50 56 Ks, 14 walks, and a 273 BAA. Betting average against. After June 21st, he's 2 and 1. A 288 ERA, so his ERA went down a full point. 22 Ks to 5 walks. And a batting average against of 200. You could get Cole Irvin as a throw-in. But knowing that he's actually improved his numbers can let you do that confidently and set yourself up if you want to go and move a guy having this information in front of you. All right, want to wrap this up quick. I got a couple guys that are cheating. Josh Donaldson endorsed cheaters list. Danny Dufay. Danny Duffy. Four and three with a 194 ERA before June 1st. 48 to 12 K to walk rate and a 222, 222 batting average against. I don't have his record, but his ERA has ballooned up to 473, a 10 to 4K to walk rate, and his batting average against has gone up from 222 to 283. Dan Duffy, you, sir, are cheating. You're on Donaldson's list. The last guy for this week. You Darvish. Eleven and three with a two five seven ERA, ninety seven Ks and twenty one walks with a one ninety six batting average against before June first. After June first, you Darvish is one and one with a five one five one four ERA. His ERA has all but doubled, has actually exactly doubled in three starts since June twenty first. Twenty eight to twenty eight to three Ks to walks, which is still pretty darn good, actually better. But his batting average against has gone up seventy points almost to two sixty three. I, I, 
I can't say this enough. This is crucial to winning your league, to, to placing in your league. Keep this date in mind, June 21st. Go out, run the numbers. Get the guys that have performed well. That's what you want to do. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the content. The other angle will be back next week. Chaps Fantasy Chat brought to you by Dr. Roto. Um, you know, it, it's been great working with these guys. Love doing the mock drafts and all that stuff. Uh, support your podcasters. Support the channel. Lots of great stuff coming from Dr. Roto. So make sure and check it out. Um, until next time, again, Chaps Fancy Chats Thursday nights at 8. Appreciate you all c coming by and um, supporting. Until next time, good night.